Hello, you're listening to a message from Lifeway Church. For more information about our church and our ministries, please visit www.lifeway.church. Now, please enjoy this message from our pastor, Bruce Rhodes. You should be open to Matthew chapter 1. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we're here today not to hear a good message but we want to see Jesus. We want to experience Emmanuel. We want to fellowship with the maker and the creator of heaven and earth. Show us just how precious Jesus is. Reveal him to us today. Let it change us from the inside out. We thank you. As we pray in faith, we thank you for transforming us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You know, he is the living word. And when you receive the word, it does something on the inside of you. Just like Elizabeth was talking about this morning, up uh, encouraging us to worship. There was a promise given to Elizabeth. There was a promise given to Mary. There's a promise given to us, and it's Jesus born in us. And it brings life. And the world is looking for life. The world is looking for God with us. They want to see that you know Jesus. They want to see that your life is transformed by Jesus. Not just 20 years ago when you bowed your knee and you came forward or you were baptized and you dedicated your life to him. But they, the world really wants to see transformed lives today being transformed by Jesus, change happening over time. So we should look back on this year and, 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 and think to ourselves, have I become more like him? Are my actions, my attitudes, my words becoming more like Jesus? Or am the, I, I the same old, same old? Can the world say, well, there they are same as they were before the transformation that comes from knowing who he is is life changing in every area of our life and so I want to encourage you to experience Jesus this Christmas not just reading a story not just buying presents not just going to Christmas parties but find out who he is and the power of his resurrection. Matthew chapter 1 and verse 23 in the New Living Translation says, Look, 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 it was an announcement. Look, the virgin will con- conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. That is a, de- a definition. God is with us. Everybody say, God is with us. Let's say it again. God is with us. God's with us. And if God be for us and with us and in us, who can be against us? But the promise came to God's people and then specifically to a woman, a young woman that had to receive that promise, but the promise is to us. God wants to live in us, abide with us. The incarnation, this, this 
incarnation, this word incarnation that the world doesn't understand. We as Christians have the ability, the capability of understanding that God was born in flesh. He took flesh on and came to the earth in the form of Jesus. Incarnation. This is a mystery to the world. But those who know Jesus have tasted and seen and experienced this incarnate man named Jesus because he transforms you. Right? God is with us. And so for this month, we're going to go through this series of, of, of God with us. We need to ask the question most obviously, where is God with us? God, God, if God's with us, where is he with us? And so today we're going to be look, look specifically at God is with us in the valley. He's with us in the valley. You know, it's easy to believe that God was, is with us on the mountaintops. On the mountaintops where everything's going right. When we get a raise. Or when our, our team wins. Oh. Hey, let me just go ahead and release a little emotion here because I was very emotional last night. And my daughter even said, Dad, really? Really? Dad? So I just, you know, I just got to, I've got to give kudos to the University of Georgia. They played an excellent game. And I don't, I don't consider them a loser because playing the national championship team and, and Alabama could play any team on the NFL and probably give them a good game at any day of the week. But listen, Georgia did an exceptional job. But, you know, it's a mountaintop when your team wins. How about another mountaintop? When, uh, when your kids are growing up and the first time they sleep through the night. <laughs> How about when you get a parking spot and you're Christmas shopping right up near the front door? The mountaintop. God's with us in the mountaintop, but... God's with us also in the valley. What about the valley? What about the difficult times when we're all alone and nobody calls you for days and you wonder, does anybody know that I'm alive? What about when you're scared? When you're hurting? Or you get bad news? What about the valleys? You know, valleys are places where there's battles in the valley right? There's loneliness. There's depression in the valleys. And I personally went through a valley this year back around Easter. And it was, it was a valley because a friend of mine took his own life, a fellow minister. And I know I've told the story and shared the story before, but it was, it, it, it was very impactful to me because three days before that happened, I reached out to him. And I believe that I was led by the Lord to reach out to him. And so when it happened the night before Easter, it was a valley for me. And I've gone through that valley and I'm, 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 I'm seeing the light at the end of the tunnel, but I've, I've been dealing with emotions all this year that... I, I never even thought I would ever deal with. Guys, you, you have to understand, and I'm sharing, being transparent a little with you so that, so that you can see. 
I, I have been trained in my past as a police chaplain and gone through classes to deal with grief and shock and to help other people come out of that. Classes on counseling people and understanding the human soul. And I never thought for once that something this close to me would have this much impact on me. So there are people going through valleys that you have no idea that they're going through, that you work with, that you meet in the grocery store, that you live beside a certain person or a family, that people are going through valleys. And valleys cause us to grow. Valleys build faith. Valleys help us to experience God in a, in a different way than a mountain. You know, we may enjoy God on the mountaintops, but we get to know Him intimately in the valleys. I need to remind you that you can find the notes. <laughs> this is kind of an advertisement, but you can get the notes if you're not already there. Lifeway.church forward slash 12 dash 2 dash 18. So if you're wondering and you want to follow along with the notes, and you want to go back over the notes, the points are there. Let me make the point again. We may enjoy God on the mountaintop, but we get to know Him intimately in the valleys. Right? Valleys are places and seasons in our lives where character is built and where we come face-to-face -face with the reality of life. God is good, but there's valleys on this earth. So I want to read Psalm 84, verses 5 through 7 for you. This, you may have read over this and not really stopped to think about the progression of, of the Scripture through, through these three verses. Psalms 84, we're going to begin in verse 5 in the New King James Version. It said, blessed is the man whose strength is in you, whose heart is set on pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Baha, that's a Hebrew word, Baha, they make it a spring, the rain also covers with pools. They go from strength to strength, each one appears before God in Zion. I think that there's a some points in this passage that we need to look at to help us go through the valleys that we face and that we go through. The Valley of Baha, this was an actual place. It was a desert country covered with thorns, wild animals, vipers. There's danger. There's danger there. There was a tree that uh, designated this valley and they called it Baha because this tree that was called Baha, some people think that it was, uh, are, have connected it to the balsam tree, that this tree was weeping. It, it actually had a resin that actually came out of the tree, white drops, and it was very aromatic. And, and so they identified this valley by this tree, Baha. And so um, this scripture says that it's, it's nearly impossible to travel through this valley without facing some trouble and hardship. It was a place of weeping. They called this tree the weeping tree. So it, it, it designates 
symbolically this lamentation or weeping. It was also called the valley of loss. The valley of tears. But the first key to us going through the valley is, is to seek his strength. Because it says, blessed are those whose strength is in you. If you're not a Jesus follower, then you don't know God personally. And so what you have is all you have. All the strength that you have is all you have. If you're feeling exhausted, like I can't take it anymore, like I don't think I can make it, then there's good news. He has strength for you today. He is your strength today. But you notice this verse doesn't say, blessed are those who can make it on their own. We are created to depend on God. This is so hard for us to, to grasp because we're born in America. Born in America. The land of the home, the land of the free. I'm free. So our independence sometimes gets in the way of our dependence. Right? Our independence gets in the way of our dependence on God. How can we learn to be more dependent upon God when we've got everything in our ears telling us we've got to do it on our own and pull ourselves up on our, by our bootstraps and you can do it. It's up to you. If it's, up, if it's to be, it's up to me, right? I can do this. We have to depend upon God. And there's times in my own life where I've acted like, God, I've got this. And his response to me after many days, many weeks is, yeah, really? <laughs> you think? I know we all have that tendency, like, we'll, God, we're, I'll show you that I can do this. But listen, God doesn't need you to show you, to, to show him that, that you have it in you. Because you don't have it in you unless he gives it to you. And so we have to depend on him and seek his strength. Blessed is the man who seeks his strength when we're walking through the valley. When we're walking through the valley, we seek his strength. In the New Living Translation, it says this, For what joy, or what joy for those whose strength comes from the Lord, who have set their minds on a pilgrimage to Jerusalem. So the second point here is to set our mind. First, we seek his strength. Secondly, we set our mind. We set our mind. Blessed are those who have their minds set toward God. Mindsets are a very important thing. Your mindset. You can, I'm, I'm here to announce to you today a, a great announcement, good news. You can control your mind. But you have to control it with something stronger than anything else. 
which is the Word of God. I'm going to give you some scriptures here in just a minute. But, but we, we, our mindset is so important. We have to control our minds because if we, we're not in control of our minds, our minds will try to control us. And what you filled your mind with up to this point will dominate you. This is why in Colossians, should be there in your notes, Colossians it says, set your mind on things above, not on things below. So during this season of joy and, and partying, I'm going to encourage you, I'm going to challenge you even to set your mind on things above. Worship the Lord and don't get caught up so much in the things that are going on in the holiday. It's a key to making it through the valley when we set our mind. Philippians 4, 8 says... Think on these things. And then it gives you a list of things to think on. The very first thing in that list is whatever things are true. That is the very first requirement of all that you should be thinking on. If it's not true, don't think on it. I call that, I like to call that the P48 filter. Helps me remember where it is. Philippians 4, 4, verse 8. Think on these things, the, the things that are true and lovely and a good report. If there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Our minds are so important about making it through the valley. God wants us to make it through the valley, not to stop in the middle of it or be destroyed in the middle of it. So what you think about matters. Think about what you're thinking about. Take a checkup. From the neck up. (laughs) You know, my current circumstances may be in the valley, but my mind is fixed on my God. He is true north for me. I find direction only in Him. Setting our mind... You know, our, our heart may be anxious, but our mind is fixed. Our soul may be aching, but our mind is fixed. Our emotions may be racing, but our mind is fixed. Our body may be hurting, but our mind is fixed. You can't control the valley that you're in, but you can control what's going on in the inside of you as you're walking through that valley. Right? Set your mind on things above. Be aware of the thoughts that are coming in and going out of your mind. Maybe this week you thought that you've got too much to do. That, that produces worry. That produces anxiousness. The Bible says don't be anxious for anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind. Guard, uh, God wants to guard your heart and your mind, but, but you have to practice not being anxious for anything. How do you do that? Setting your mind on things above, not on things on this earth. Maybe this week you, you've, you've thought, you know, my marriage is in a bad place. I don't know if it's going to last another day, another year, another month. I'm not sure. 
we're at a critical place. Maybe something in your life happened that was, was extremely life-changing this past year. And you're, you're still walking through that valley of the shadow of death. We're going to get to that scripture in a moment. But listen, there are valleys of shad, the shadow of death that we walk through. That the enemy wants to convince you that you're not going to make it through. That he's going to kill you middle way through. So I'm not sure what you thought about this week. Maybe, you know, maybe the thought is, oh, my, oh no, my in-laws are coming. For Christmas, what am I going to do? You know, the kids need Christmas presents. So what am I going to do? Where am I going to get this money to pay for Christmas? I'm not sure what you're dealing with. Maybe it's my children aren't serving God anymore. And I brought them up in the right way. And I, I just don't know what to do. But God is with you. God is with you in the valleys. Maybe it's they're making cuts at work and I don't know if I'm going to lose my job. But God is with you. He's with you. He wants you to set your mind on Him. My mind is fixed on God. And then the, the third point is we have to remember that we're passing through. We're passing through. Verse 6 says, As they pass through the valley of Baha. They make it a place of springs. The autumn rains also cover it with pools, which means we have to dig a well. Digging a well. We may be in the valley, but listen, the valley is not our destination. (laughs) We're just passing through. Psalm 23 says, even though I walk through. Everybody say through. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because he's with me. His rod comforts me. His staff comforts me. He comforts me. Even though I'm walking through. There's many times we say, I just want out. God, just get me out. I wish God would just get me out of here. As if to say, God... Pluck me up and out of this thing. But God is not saying, hey, I'm going to get you out. He's saying, I'm going to be with you through. Through. Think about the times that people had to go through. Daniel went through the lion's den. Right? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego went through the fiery furnace. Wherever you have to go through, God is with you. The way is through, not out. Their destination was Zion. The destination was Zion. Let's just go back to that verse and and read it there. Verse 6, as they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a spring. The rain also covers it with pools. They go from strength to strength. Each one appears before God in Zion. So their destination, you have to keep your eyes on the destination. Zion was a city of refuge. It was a place of peace. It is our destination. The valley is not our destination. And we get to the city of refuge, the place of peace, through the valley of tears. For many, the valley is the pathway to the place of peace. And so as we're going through, we have to dig a well. Because as 
We pass through the valley of Baca. We make it a place of springs. The autumn rains also cover it with pools. The King James Version says, make it a well. It's up to us to make it a well. When you're in a dry place, dig. If you're in a dry place, dig. God will send the rain if you dig. Faith is the key to walking through the valley. But buried in this passage of pain is a promise. This promise is, if you dig it, God will fill it. If you draw near to me, I will draw near to you. If you seek me, you will find me. If you make room for me, I will reveal myself to you. God rarely reveals himself when you are rushed. Think about the burning bush. Moses saw the burning bush. He turned aside and he came near. But it wasn't near enough. Moses came near, but it wasn't near enough. God called him nearer. How near are you? Do you need to come nearer? And then as God called him nearer, nearer, then God told him to take off his shoes. Now there was a, everybody's thinking about the sermon that I did not too long ago where I took off my shoes. So people are probably daring me to take my shoes off now. Is God daring you to take your shoes off? Those shoes signified anything that was made by man. Take off everything that is holding you back from the holy ground. God wants to fellowship with you. He is with you. He wants to provide comfort. He wants to show you through this valley that you're going through. Come closer. The Lord says, be still and know that I'm God. A lot of times we can't understand and know that he's God until we're still. We have to practice his presence. There's a thing called solitude that we have no idea what it is today. We're running so hard and so fast in every direction that we can't even get our mind wrapped around this word called solitude. Solitude is not being alone. Solitude is meeting with God. Fellowshipping with Him. Realizing that He's with us. Have we stopped long enough to realize that God is with us? Sometimes I run so fast, so hard. The other day I came in late at night, came in through the front door, sat down on the chair, popped the chair back, started watching the TV just to kind of unwind, what they say, decompress. The doorbell rang. I thought, who could that be? Got up to answer the door, and then was my behind catching up. I was so serious you didn't even think I was joking. (laughs) Have you felt that way? Have you felt that way? Here's a word from God, everyone. Slow down. 
slow down. If you can't hear that, then maybe you're running too fast. Right? Do we know that he's with us or have we outran him? We have to prepare for the presence of God. Think about the time it took for the priest in the Old Testament to prepare to invite the presence of God in. And guys, I know because I'm so guilty of it. I jump in the car and say, Lord, I've got this mu- amount of time between, between, from where I leave to the, to the place that I get to. I'm just going to pray and, and hope something just sticks. But I'm telling you, probably 50% of those prayers, even though they're, they're of the right heart, they're, they're, they're less than effective. I need to wake up 15 minutes earlier, 30 minutes earlier, draw away and spend some quiet time just reflecting on Emmanuel, God with us. What God says is, show me your faith. And I'll show you my faithfulness. If you stretch out your hand, I'll make it whole. If you take up your bed, you can walk. Right? God never says that we won't go through the valleys. But you never have to go through the valleys alone. Amen? So it's dark. There's a storm. There's trouble. You may feel weak, but he's your light and darkness. He's your peace in the storm. He's your joy and trouble. He's your strength when you're weak. We enjoy him on the mountain, but we get to know him intimately in the valley and through the valley. So number one, we seek his strength. We, we seek his strength. Number two... We fix our mind. We fix our mind on Him. And number three, we dig a well. We practice the presence of God. I'm going to end with this, this verse, Psalm 139, verses 7 through 10. David was feeling pressed. The psalmist who knew God intimately, he was feeling pressed. He was in this valley in his soul. And he says in verse 7, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you're there. If I make my bed in the depths of hell, you're there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far, far side of the sea, even there, your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast or uphold me. God's hand is here to uphold you. His spirit is dealing with you. So now at the end of the service, here's, here's the question that we ask. Holy Spirit, what are you speaking to me through this message? Let's just think about that. Lord, what are you speaking to me through this message? Who do we say that Jesus is? He's God with us. Emmanuel. He's our joy, our peace, our comfort, our love. 
He is the season for all seasons, the man for all seasons. I want to give those, uh, if you'll bow your head and close your eyes, I want to give those who, who need to make a decision for Jesus today a chance to make a decision. You've been in the valley feeling weak and without strength and don't know if you could take another step or go another mile. Jesus is here. If you decide to give him your life, it'll be the best thing that you've ever done. He will take it and he will remake it. He'll use you in ways that you can't even imagine. I promise you. So if you're, if you're here, you're listening or you're in this room, you need to make a decision for Jesus. This decision is in your heart and you vocalize it with your words. I'm going to lead you in a, in a short prayer. Just cry out to the Lord through these words. Just invite him into your life. Say this, Jesus, I present myself to you today. And I thank you for receiving me. I receive you and all that you are, all that you have. Thank you for loving me. I repent of my sin. And I receive your salvation. I decide to make you Lord today. Father, I just pray for those that are making that decision right now. Whether they're here, whether they're watching, listening. Your presence is there, moving on them. Your Holy Spirit is transforming their life. I thank you, Father, for doing a mighty work. Breathing life into their flesh. I thank you, Father, for transformation. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Now, everybody, everyone look up here. If, you, if you've prayed that prayer, you need to tell somebody. You need to tell somebody that you just gave your life to Jesus. That you just made a commitment and a decision. You know, Jesus made a decision to come to the earth for us. He, did, he didn't do it for himself. He did it for us. So with that decision that you made today, tell somebody. It's important. And then follow that with, with water baptism. We're going to have water baptism here in a few weeks. It's important that you believe it in your heart and confess it with your mouth and act on your faith. Thanks for listening to the Lifeway Church Podcast. If you'd like to join us in reaching others by partnering with us today, you can give online by visiting us on our website at lifeway.church forward slash give. Thanks for listening to the Lifeway Church Podcast and remember to subscribe to enjoy more messages like this.